just don't be a prick. Like, I can't exaggerate that enough. <laughs> it sounds like such dumb advice. Oh my gosh. Welcome. I'm Camilla Rose and this is The Bring In Podcast. It feels so good to finally be able to say that. This is our first ever podcast episode and when I tell you it's been a long time coming, it really has. Um, all these episodes for the first few weeks were recorded back in November, October maybe times and I've just be real, I've had a lot of procrastination but I listened, I blew the virtual dust off to these episodes and I was like wow, these conversations are great and they need to be heard by everyone. So that's what we're going to be doing right now. And in case you don't know who I am, I am a radio presenter and the bring in is my little baby. I get asked loads of questions about working in the media or working in creative industries. So I set this platform up to give people tips and tricks for working in it. Oh, and one more quick plug. We have a weekly newsletter as well where I post jobs and opportunities. So go and sign up to that if you're new here. It's www.thebringin.co.uk. And of course, make sure you're following us on all socials as well. So the whole aim of this podcast series is to literally bring you in, give you a little clearer insight into some of the talented people working in these creative spaces. We're going to find out all the times they've messed up, all the L's they've taken, the years of internships, the mistakes they've made along the way, and all the things they wish they knew. Now, for our first episode, I caught up with the incredible Tolly T. She is one third of the Receipts podcast, co-host of Netflix podcast, 10 out of 10 would recommend. She's a writer, journalist, editor. Basically, she's an all-round inspiring bad bee you lot need to hear from, and I am so gassed. She is our first guest. Tolly T, how are you, my darling? Hey, babe, how are you? I'm I'm good, you know. It's in a bit of a weird time at the moment. Like, you know, we, we are still in a pandemic and everything else is just going on in this crazy world. So trying to stay positive, basically. Same, babes. <laughs> honestly, same. 2020 is just, like, knocked it, but also... I, I've been I've been trying so hard to give myself a break and be like, the world is bad at the moment. You don't have to be as efficient and as hardworking and as all the best of it as you normally are. But I swing between both. I swing between like getting on with it and like being like steadfast and persistent and consistency. Like I'm not doing a thing today. <laughs> That's what you need to do. Sometimes yeah. you have to, it's all about the balance. Some days I'm like doing like 20 things I'll cram in and the other days I'm like, I'm not doing nothing. The most I'll yes. probably do is brush my teeth and throw a little water on my face. And that's fine. Literally. <laughs> and that is Literally. fine. <laughs> what, so at the moment, I know you, you do like, what I really find, find interesting about you, you do like different things. You obviously do like presenting, hosting, like in front of the mic, but you also do a lot of stuff behind the mic. So what are you sort of balancing at the moment? Because I can tell you're juggling a lot at the moment. <laughs> I am doing it. Even I'm trying to sort this out. too much. Like literally, even trying to like get me here, I'm so sorry. But like, <laughs> do you know what it is? It's, I've gotten so bad habit of like, I'm like, yeah, I know I'm doing something and then I forget and I don't put things in diaries only because I am juggling so much. So um, I do the Receipts podcast, which I do with Milena and Audrey. And I'm currently on a Netflix podcast, which I host with Gina called 10 out of 10 would recommend. Um, I also am the one that edits and produces the Receipts podcast and I edit and produce podcasts for other people. Um, at the moment, I'm doing one about like love for like a brand. Um, what else? And I write as well. So I also <laughs> it's a I love lot. that. And I write as well. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. I like why I absolutely love writing. I love it so much. And I think writing in the receipts and the podcast and stuff that I do like do own my heart. But like for me, I write and then I do things to make money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Thing That's is, what you need to those, do, though. Yeah, those two worlds don't be mixing that well, but I genuinely love doing it so much. I mean, I was journalist for years, so I still, like, have the writing thing in me. So I wanted to talk about that, actually, kind of going back to, like, the beginning, because I think I was like... You know, when you're doing the stalking about people before obviously going to chat to them. And I was like, oh my God, you used to work at like BuzzFeed and you used to yes. actually like be like a real writer, like an actual journalist, which is yeah. like really, really sick. And I was actually listening to the 10 out of 10 podcast um, with Gina, the Netflix one, and the yeah. one where you used to want Blind Manor. I heard you studied uh, media, whatever, at uni or college and stuff. Has, I guess, being in the media space always been like the thing you wanted to do? Oh, absolutely. I was that person who, so in, do you know, you get year 10 work experience. Yeah. Year 10. I did mine at a magazine called Sugar Magazine. I don't know if you remember Sugar Magazine. Sugar Magazine. I, it was kind of like a girl sort of like. Cute, yeah, yeah. Cute, it was like cute, a little yeah, girly, yeah, yeah. like a teen girly magazine sort of thing. So I did. So that was what, how old do you in year 10? 14, 15? Yeah. But I did my work experience there. So like since then I've been kind of set on like, I want to work within the media. And like, obviously every, like every kid does. I have Eddie, I had so many other like goals. At one point I said I was going to be an air hostess. That's going to be a fashion designer. I wanted to be a librarian at one point, so it's fine. <laughs> the meme my best friend said we were just gonna like buy and sell properties in Spain. I don't we don't even know what that looked like. We were just like, yeah, that's what we'll do. Yeah, yeah. We'll buy and sell properties in Spain. Um, but then like then I had loads of creative ideas. I wanted to be a writer and I wanted to be a script writer as well. Like, so I'd write like scripts in like little books after school, but the scripts would just be about what me and my friends did in school. <laughs> so like, I would like change the name from like Trinisha to Tanisha. Yeah. Cause you know. <laughs> oh, it's definitely not about her. Was, yeah, yeah. It's not about her at all whatsoever. So I did that. And then what else did I say? What else did I want to do? And then I went to be an actress. I was like, okay. I want to be an actress, whatever. And this dream went on for quite a while until I was probably about like 16 and I auditioned for Skins. And you auditioned for Skins? <laughs> I auditioned for Skins. And it was an open audition. It wasn't that yeah, open Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> auditioned for Skins. And it was in that moment I knew I could not be an actress. Oh my God. I you couldn't. Like, like, for me. I am the most overdramatic person ever. So yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. And yeah. that was my version of acting. <laughs> Um, so, and nobody, nobody wants to see that. So I was like, okay, cool. I mean, I guess I'll just still be in the media field. And I think my work experience at Sugar really like nailed it down to me. I was like, okay, from that moment on, I was like, I want to be a journalist. Yeah. I think it's really interesting you said about finding out about things that you didn't want to do. You knew that you kind of wasn't good. And I think that's that's kind of like, it's quite a luxury to be able to have like, you know, testing out things like what you said about acting is so true because I did drama at uni as well in college. Yeah. And I did think at one point, I was like, I think I could kind of do this. And then I realised, I was like, I'm I'm not, I can't be an actress. Like I actually can't. <laughs> like I can't do it. I'm not. I can't actually. Do I'm not this. that person, and and it's okay. It's fine. Um, and I guess that kind of going from. Did you do like a lot of work experience and stuff like that as well? Oh my god, I did work experience to my bone, mate. Yeah. Because, um, I am a working class black woman. My mom doesn't have a connect in a single place. I didn't have a connect <laughs> in a single place, so I didn't have the luxury of like, oh, uncle, someone works here, so go do work experience there, sort of thing. So after Sugar, I so Sugar Magazine was in a building with loads of other magazines in them. Mm-hmm. So I remember my last day, I don't even know how I had this like foresight at like a little 14 year old girl. I kind of got all the contact details for the other editors in the building. That's so, it's so smart. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. well, let me just like, just do it, like sort of thing. So I did that. And then like during summer holidays, during Easter holidays, I'll email about doing work experience. And all of that was just, we were just doing it for free. Yeah. So like every summer holiday, every Easter, I at least tried to get at least one week work experience somewhere. Even if it wasn't somewhere that was like, 
like elite or prestige or whatever. And I don't even know if I knew I was doing it for my future or generally I just thought I really like doing this. Yeah. Sometimes let me just like do it. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, I think it is. I think especially at the kind of time we were growing up, it was a thing of like, I just didn't want to be bored. Like it was more like, okay, well, there's nothing, there's actually nothing to do. There's, there's not like, you know, summer schemes. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing to do. So I'm going to just do work experience. (laughs) No, like literally. And to be fair, I think it was funny that only way I was allowed to play out. So I'll do work experience and then not come home for a while so I could hang out with my friends because my mum was quite strict. So where are you going? (laughs) So I'm like, I'm going to work experience sort of thing. So I did loads of work experience. And then in uni, I did a sandwich course. So a sandwich course is um, you take a, uh, you can even take a solid year out Mm -hmm. or you can take a block of six months out during different years. So I did the block of six months out. So my first year's, my first work experience at uni, I I remember I was working at a um, PR company. Okay. And I was like, I didn't I didn't really know what PR looked like or what it was yeah. or whatever. So, and then PR company, I realized I was calling like journalists. Like, oh yes, keep calling journalists, keep calling journalists. And I was like, I want to be the one that people call. <laughs> like genuinely, this is like my career side of pure ego. I, I was like, I don't want to be calling people. I don't, I don't want to be the one calling people. <laughs> I want to be the one people call. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not interested. Yes, I'm interested. Or no. So I was like, I definitely have to do journalism then because if there's a hierarchy in this thing, I want to be at the top of it. Yeah. And that was my, purely my ego sort of thing. So I remember I lasted this PR agency probably about two weeks before. I think they even sacked me, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> or might have stopped going or something happened yeah that was it this is such a random story but there was a strike there was a strike on tfls and i lived in i live in essex and i had to get to central london and i tried to say to them i can't get in and they were like well no you have to find a way to get in. And i was like what there's a strike and they was like get a bus and i was like it's i don't not. care enough about this <laughs> he's like yeah it's not that deep so it's like, not that not deep <laughs> yeah, so i don't care enough to get a bus to central london um and then so i got another internship and then i worked with um such a full circle i worked with um a guy called Colin Betzer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's he's in music, and at the time he was looking after Getz, what Getz was Ghetto at the time. Okay. And <laughs> Devlin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was looking after those two artists and a couple of other artists as well. And he had like a uh, office in Walthamstow. So I just went to go do work experience there. And I think I was just like, after that, I was like, I cannot work in the music industry. It's <laughs> like, this is shit <laughs> Like, this is so long and i've had the i can't come and die mentality for years so yeah. i'm not stressing myself um so but that was it was a really really good experience and it's all full circle because like years later melena who i did the receipts podcast with she has known colin for years as well i think he's the godfather to her little girl so it's like kind of gone all full circle um so then my second block of placement i was like i get serious now i think i was in my second or third year and i was like, i need to find something i actually want to do and I did a work experience at a publishing company which like kind of had had all different magazines that they were publishing Mm -hmm. sort of thing and I think it was like eight of us that started that work experience in the same publishing company and I what was meant to be a three-month work experience I think I ended up staying in that business um that company for about two years oh wow that's a pretty long time so yeah yeah very long time it was meant to be a three-month internship. So after my internship ended, um, I really got into the editor I worked with. Like, I absolutely, like... Again, I wasn't even there as a journalist. I'd got, a, I'd got an intern as a publishing intern, but I was just like, no, again, I want to be a journalist. And the I... journalists used to, sit, they used to sit upstairs. So, like, I got talking to, like, one of the editors of a magazine, and she was, like, I love her, Julia Shaw, till today. Like, she she 
I don't think she understands what she did for my career. And she was just talking and I heard her complaining about, she needed a taxidermy to shoot for a front cover. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I can't get one anywhere. So that day after like after I finished my work and everyone had gone home, I stayed in and started looking for taxidermies. She wouldn't even talk to me, just being nosy. <laughs> started looking for taxidermies. I was like, okay, like I just wanted to impress her. So I'd like found taxidermies, sent her links and called them up. They said they can get it, deliver it on this day, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hey, Julia, just to let you know, said she wanted this i found it sort of thing and then she was like she thought she thinks i was sick she was like oh my god this is it so then the next day she was like you're coming coming to inside of me do you know how so mad I, that is the way i walked up the stairs was like two stairs for like a g i was like yep i'm moving up in the world hey, I'm gone. um so yeah i interned with her and then when my three months was over i went back to uni and she was like i really want you to still work here so i used to do one day a week there but i was still at uni that's so good to be and able to do time, that. And during this time, I still yeah. had like part-time jobs. I was still working. I think at this point, I was either working at H and M or Santander, one of those like jobs to make money. Because again, the media wasn't really paying you. Yeah. I think for the day I used to work a week, I used to get like fifty pounds for the day. Yeah. Um. So I still like worked normally in order to like feed myself and like have money sort of thing. So yeah. So and then after that, um. The magazine I was working with with Julia was called Fancy Magazine. So, like, the first bunch of my career, I was just talking about nuts, like <laughs> peanuts, cashew nuts. I know and a, a lot of information about nuts. Um, so then that magazine closed, and then, like, magazines were just going down the drain. Mm. That magazine closed, and then they got another one called Life and Living, and the magazine was for, like, the over 60s or over 70s, and it's really bad. I used to always be like, yeah, death and dying. Because, <laughs> because it, was, oh. it was a subscription magazine, so people used to subscribe to it, and literally, at least every single week, we got at least five letters saying that, can you please stop sending this now? This person has died. Oh, my God. It was for the silver set. It was for the older generation. Yeah. And with age comes the inevitable. Um, so, yeah, so that magazine, Life and Living, eventually closed down as well. <laughs> and the same publishing house, <laughs> it was, it's all going great. <laughs> so, I'm like, hmm. so, the same publishing house, they got a magazine called Pro Hair and Beauty, which is up my street. I'd always went to write beauty. That was definitely what I wanted to do. And Julia was kind of like, she put me up for it. She was like, this should be your ex assistant. She's mm -hmm. brilliant, blah, 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 blah. And then, yeah, I got that job and I was there for about a year and a half working as Ed's assistant on Proham Beauty Magazine. So this this was taking place kind of like during that four-year time, like four-year period at uni. At uni. Yeah. Uh, so I finished uni, I stayed there for next year. year. And one thing, one thing you said, actually, which I think is really important, you've mentioned quite a lot of different people that you sort of met up on the way and you've been very, very, very like particular, I guess, in like just taking note of people's names. Yeah. Um, and there's that saying that goes, you know, the industry is small. Um, everyone knows each other. Like everyone mm -hmm. does know everyone. I guess, have you ever experienced that, I guess, a really po positive or negative experience of that, you know, like the industry being so small? The industry is tiny, especially as a black person in the industry. It yeah. is everybody knows each other, even how we know each other. Everyone's got mutual. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's got mutual somewhere. No one's actually out of reach. You can always get in contact with somewhere. Um, and I remember early on we had Irene um on Irene TCYA. We had it on the Receipts podcast as a guest, and Audrey knew her because Audrey had worked in selfages with her when they were at uni. Yeah. So this is how everything's interlinked. So she wasn't a um pod, she wasn't a she was a guest. And I really loved her. I was like, oh my God, this woman, she's on job. I was like, she's so on job. And there was one thing that she said, and she was talking about keeping contacts, keeping relationships. And she was like, it's not about the facedo crap or like, hey, you're right, but genuinely keeping relationships. Yeah. 
And I remember it stuck with me. So I like kept a relationship with her. I kept a relationship with nearly everybody I meet and I talk to and like do favors and do things. And like now we're working together on so many avenues. I was the one that produced her podcast that she was doing. And she's brought me in on so many different things just because she's aware of me with Kept's relationship. So I always say like, um, just don't be a prick. Like, I can't exaggerate that enough. <laughs> it sounds like such dumb advice, but like, I even found early on in my career, because obviously I started as, as assistant on a random magazine. So by the time I'd got to BuzzFeed, I'd like worked my way up in my career sort of thing. And I'd see the PRs that wasn't that nice to me. <laughs> trying to be nice to you. <laughs> when I was as assistant, trying to be nice to me now because I work in a publication that benefits them a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all like, Every little in every little part of the industry, everybody like knows each other. And that's not to say it's clicky. I, I actually don't believe it's clicky. And I know people say that a lot, but it's just a sense of like, don't be a prick. We all need each other, especially if you're black in this industry, especially if you're black in this industry. A hundred percent. And I guess, how did you move in? Like, obviously you was at BuzzFeed for a bit. Um, yeah. And I guess what was like a turning point or like a really big break for you that you kind of knew that you wanted to switch, switch lanes just a little bit? Because obviously writing is still, you know, got your heart. But what yeah. was, I guess, a turning point in, in your career for you? So the, the day <laughs> I quit BuzzFeed, I, I went into work that morning knowing that, not knowing I was going to quit. I had no intention of quitting. Oh, Really? No intention of quitting. Like, I was getting the itch. I was getting the itch. I was getting the ick. I was just kind of like, oh, I'm just, I'm getting the ick. The job ick. I know that yeah, one. Yeah, I was getting the ick. I was like, I'm not happy here. I'm not happy here. And years before, um, I had a really um, prominent thing that happened to me very early in my career. And it's taught me how to maneuver my career very, very quickly. I remember it was when I was working at Santander. I was probably about 18, 19. And one of our um, personal bankers, Anita, she was so hardworking, like, stupid hard working she got sales and she did everything and she died and i watched how the company dealt with it mm. she all we did was we wrote a card we sent flowers and we replaced her straight away i was like talani <laughs> these men don't care yeah <laughs> It's so true. <laughs> like, no matter how much your job makes out that they're your family, these men don't care. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know what else they could have done, but there was like very little talk about her after. She would just replay like that. Yeah. And it was so maddening because I was like, this is a human life. And like we used to maneuver like a family. The branch was like, we used to work on Head Mare Street. We were a family. So for us to just move on that quickly, that spun me, but also made me realize that you can't come and die for any of these companies. No, 100%. Like, and then a lot of them will tell you they were family because yeah. they want you to feel, but I'm not convinced by it. I'm not convinced by it. Like it's a transaction is how I see it. And it's a pleasant transaction and it should be a pleasant transaction, but it's a transaction. I do a job, you pay me. Yeah. We're not related. Um, so um, I'm at BuzzFeed now and I'm like, I'm just not happy here anymore. I'm not happy here. And because of that incident, I made myself a promise that if I ever find myself crying in a disabled toilet in a job, about a job. Oh my God. I literally like, thought I was the only person who does that a job. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's time to go. Like if I'm crying about personal issues, cool. But if I'm crying in that toilet because of work, mm -mm. sis. Go. Leave. It's enough. <laughs> Leave it's the place. Like, but you, like, look at you. You've locked yourself in the same toilet. You put the toilet seat down and you're sitting there sobbing. <laughs> because of people that don't give an eck no. about you. It's oh, enough. <laughs> like, it's too much. Out. It's too much. So I was in that exact situation. I was in the same toilet sobbing. I think I just had like, I was just, I'm really not happy here. I had a really annoying meeting. And I literally come out of it. I was like, yeah, I have to leave. <laughs> I have to go. 
It's time. I have to go. And Gina, who I did a Netflix podcast with now, we worked together. Oh, at Buzzfeed. Yeah, we worked together. Full circle, think, mad. Yeah, earlier that week, she had given in her notice. So she's my G. So I was like, oh, if she goes, I'm already unhappy. I was like, no, I'm out. <laughs> It's when your work best friend goes, that's when you're like, nah, I can't be here by myself. There was a future out there. And at the time before that, BuzzFeed had done a lot of redundancies. Mm. So I kept my job, but I saw people that had been made redundant living life. Like like, they were having jobs here, like doing new things. I was like, then I thought, this is not the end of the world. Like leaving here is not the be your own end all. There is a life outside. uh, There is a life outside of this. And again, working with companies, you're made to feel like there is a life outside this. Like it's everything sort of thing. So I was like, okay, cool. I I got to go. (laughs) So I quit with no intention of what I was going to do. Okay. Like I had no idea. To be honest, in my mind, I was like, I'll get a full-time job. I'll have a full-time job soon. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I was just like, I'll just get another full-time job soon. I started applying and I have a thing. I read an article years ago and it was called the F off fund. So it was, I'd started building that, which is a fund that if you ever need to get out of a situation in life, you've got enough money to get out. So true. You need to have it. You need to have a little piece of money just Just there. Just a little piece of money (laughs) that will see you through a couple of months. So, so you can get back on your feet. And that money is for if you ever need to get out of where you're living, if you ever need to leave a job, if you need to leave a partner, what, like whatever it's a reason for. And because I remember the article really touched me and I was like, I have to have this fund. Yeah. I, like I have to. So I started building that fund from early. So I was like, okay, cool. That's what's going to be useful then. Um, so yeah, so I started like looking for jobs and <laughs> I remember the first couple of months when I was having like output, but no import, I was like, what is how I was like, God, what am I doing? <laughs> I left my job. I'm just existing now. <laughs> I'm just existing. Bill's still happy pay and I'm just here. And I'm going to my savings and like transferring no. money. Do you know that money, oh, don't. money from your savings into your current? And I'm just like, oh my God. And you're like, still trying to live happening? life like you're employed. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think after I quit the week after I went to Vegas because I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> life needs to be lived. <laughs> life needs to be lived. Let me go to Vegas, whatever, innit? Um... So yeah, come back from Vegas, start looking for work. Um, was freelancing here and there. So I was writing like pieces for different places, for different like organizations. Remember, I went my first think piece and I was like, yeah, this is money. Like I'm gonna get some money from this. And they paid me 50 pounds. For your thoughts. For my thoughts. And it was Oy. a well-known organization. So I was like, okay, cool. Okay. Freelancing is not the way to go. I need to do only 50 pounds. I need to do like 20 plus of these a month to have some sort of stable Actually, income. This, I literally started counting that. I was like, yeah, yeah. like I do it. this a month, how many, but how many thoughts do I even have in a month? So like this amount of content, I was just like, oh, I don't know. And you're pitching to editors, you're not getting anything back. And then you're seeing what you pitch in the magazine oh. anyway, but not written by you. It was mad. And then I was on Twitter and I saw, like cutting long story short, I was on Twitter and I saw a tweet from a marketing agency saying that they were looking for a creative Babe, I'll be honest with you, I had no idea what creative was. <laughs> to this day, I, I don't really know, but I'll act like I know. I don't know what that is, but this job spec sounds like I can do it. <laughs> like, when you say creative, what do you mean? But I was just like, okay, let me just apply for this. Like, I can do what they're asking for. It'll yeah. put, like, common sense to me sort of thing. So I applied for it, and they called me in. I got the job. It was only for, like, it was for a couple of months sort of thing. It was for... Um, yeah, I can't remember what organization it for, but it was like making an ad creative for this organization. I'd never worked in marketing before. And I remember, I, ne- I like to talk about money sometimes just so people know their worth. Um, I'm used to getting 50 pounds for a think piece, mm. remember this? So he's like, what's your day rate? So I was like, oh, let me bump it up a bit. <laughs> Please don't tell me you bumped so like, yourself. 
I, I was like, 150? <gasps> like, because I'm thinking yeah, yeah, journalism yeah. money, but marketing money is different. Different bag, different bag. <laughs> Honestly, thank God for this man, James. He was so lovely to me. He was like, I'll get you more than that. <laughs> Like, I like James. Like, James like is a James nice is a guy. Because you know, no one normally does that. No it's one like, yeah, says sure, that. Cool. Like, like, okay. Like, yeah. And I'm trying to make a habit of doing that. So when I hire people and they tell me they're right, and I'm like, no, this is worth more than this. I paid them what I think it's worth. Mm-hmm. So James was like, I'll get you more than that. So he got me more than that. So I'm working there every day. I'm going and doing creative stuff. And I'm like, I am blagging it. But, like, but the thing is, it was just a title. What they were asking me to do. I could do it mm. and um I'm not someone that, that I don't like to pretend I know what people are talking about when I don't so I'll be in meetings and they'll be like blah blah blah, blah. So I remember the first time I heard the word deck I was like Whoa. <laughs> I was like sorry when you say deck <laughs> listen you have to do it because th- this industry they love using phrases that it's, nobody and, and it's like you're talking like, Rob like speak to me in simple layman's terms like, please <laughs> so I was like what a powerpoint presentation <laughs> No, 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 it's a deck, okay? You can't diminish the like, deck. A deck. So I was like, okay, sure. And, and every time they say words, I don't understand, I write the word down, I go search it on the yeah, internet. Yeah. Like, I, I can do fake it till I make it and search it. And like, I'm working there late. I'm really trying to like impress and get things done sort of thing. And I did, thankfully. And this was like, this money was seeing me by. This was, um, but then I had to sort out taxes and a whole heap of information that don't see you when you're a freelancer. But thank God for accountants. Um... So then the same company, they had one, um, they were pitching for Top Boy. Mm-hmm. They're pitching to the creative for Top Boy. And now, by now, I know what creative means. Yeah. <laughs> and I am like a fan of Top Boy. All this had been like from, from early sort of thing. And I remember he, um, the creative director called me and saying that, hey, do you know much about Top Boy? Did you watch it? Do I know much? Do I know? <laughs> do I know? I'm from London. I mean, just about. Um, so I'm telling you, I was like, yeah, whatever. So... That we're gonna pitch for it. Are you up for being part, doing, being the um, one of the lead creators in the pitch? So I was like, yeah, sure. So I like did the whole pitch for it, and I pitched the the film, like a mm-hmm. little like recap of this, what this new world is like. Because like at that time, we hadn't seen Top Boy for near enough like eight years. Yeah, we didn't know what it a was. A lot of time now. had passed. Lot, like, a lot of time had passed. So I was like, oh, we need to do a little a film that's kind of showing mm-hmm. this is this new world now we're introducing new characters blah blah blah, blah. so i wrote this script for that film and it was like there was a team of us a guy um janik as well janik was sick like sick another lead and a creative he was absolutely sick so we worked together and then we won we won that pitch to make the film and so yeah and that's where like that started and now i'm getting to write again and we're getting to write scripts and guess now like i'm actually getting to write things i want to write about so did that film that and then got premiered at drake's concert so like a big part of my personality is Drake. <laughs> Drake is my personality. <laughs> he is my personality. Like I am a, I'm a huge fan of his. So that was like a, such a massive moment for me. Like, oh my God, this is happening. I've skipped so much because even while doing all of this, I'm the Receipts podcast is starting. Yeah. So the Receipts podcast has started while I still at BuzzFeed. That's picking up, getting, yeah, gaining, so that's gaining picking traction. Up pace. And even that kind of gave me the... Um, the um, encouragement to actually leave us with i'm like okay this is gaining some traction how much can we actually do with this if this is my full time but mm. like if i fully concentrate on this how big can it actually be so i said to the girls i said like, i'm going to concentrate on this thing now and, and it- then we did that and it, and it really really worked out and like it's mad because i see the success of it now and sometimes people can be like oh they just got successful we started four years ago yeah <laughs> 
Like it wasn't, you know what I mean? It wasn't like a overnight thing. It was, this has started four years ago. I think that's so important to raise though, because I think a lot of people, especially now, like a lot of, I hate saying, but people who might be like 18, a bit younger, they see stuff instantly happening and they're like, oh my gosh, like, I want to be like that, but it's all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, all the like yeah. the four years. And I think one thing I did, I, I find really interesting that obviously you edit it and produce the podcast yeah. as well. How do you know when, you know, jobs are for you as a presenter and are, aren't for you as a presenter and are for I you as a producer? I don't have, very early on, I taught myself to not have this like having a barrel mentality. It's not every job offered to you that you need to take with <laughs> other people in the fields because I've watched older people like, be like, oh, someone else could have done that. Do you know mm. what I mean? And like, I'm we're in the UK where they have the one black in, one black out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm trying to be like, no, let's spread out. There's yeah, enough yeah. jobs for all of us. Let's all get the work. Um, and I also don't like talking about things that are not my experiences or things that um, I've lived through. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if it's not right for me, okay, cool. I can't, I can be in the background that I can help with this. And I'm also big on the kind of like, I think that especially in the producing world, when you people produce, it's like black people are meant to produce black shows. That's just, it's, it's kind of seems to go hand in hand, but I'm kind of like, I can just produce a podcast. Yeah. That's got nothing to just be a black a podcast. producing a podcast. Like it could be about biscuits. Yeah. Or it could be about like nuts because you're an yeah, expert exactly, nuts. Ex- exactly. I'm, I fully am. <laughs> um, so it could be any of that. So the producing gig is all, it's it's new, it's, but it's just because I'm really into big, into storytelling. Mm-hmm. And it, for me, it's just another avenue of storytelling. And I mean, like I said, it's it's very, very new. I'm learning to delegate things as well. So if I'm producing, I, I can get someone in to edit it. Yeah. Because we're a better editor, but like, do you know what I mean? But I can do the creative, I can do the production on it and all things like that. I can say how I want it to sound, but it, it's it's exciting. It's a lot. And I'm like, do I build, do I start a little production company and just hire people in? Like, what's the, like, I'm I really bad. I guess I'm bad at like looking at long game. And, but then it's bad because I don't live in the moment, but I'm like, okay, so what does this look like in a couple of years time? <laughs> and what opportunity does this bring someone else in a couple of years time? That's always my thinking. <laughs> So as you can even tell with me speaking, I can be quite erratic with my thoughts. Because <laughs> now you're thinking long game, which kind no, of... literally, my, my head is scrambled. Do you know what? It does lead us on to the last section I wanted to kind of just talk about. The future of, like, I guess, these creative spaces that, you know, we, like, we both kind of sort of work in. And I guess, like, you know, you kind of just said, you know, the whole thing of, I guess, taking on certain roles that, you know, you think could be for someone else and could not be for someone else. And I think when you look at big, like, you know, big companies like, you know, BBC or like ITV, yeah. there's people who've been in those jobs for like 20 years and they've yeah. not left the job. So I guess what mm-hmm. would you like to see sort of change in all these spaces in the next, like, you know, 10 years? Um, <laughs> After what you see? said, I'm like, oh, my God, I don't want to put her under pressure now. No, 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 it's good. And um, what do I want to see? Um... A big thing for me is, I, I, I'm not telling you to quit your job and be homeless because you want to help a young person. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not telling you to do that. But again, like the title of this podcast, what is the bringing? How can you bring them in? Is always a big thing for me. So if I'm thinking long game, if I'm thinking, okay, eventually I want to do this. I want to write a TV script. Okay, cool. What we're in doing that, in writing this TV show, whatever, what can I do within that where like young people can come in and get experience or people that, because like I said, I got into the industry knowing nobody. Mm. Like I relied heavily on bringings and obviously my talent and hard work or whatever, <laughs> but like I need to be able to give an avenue for bringings. 100%. So even if it's like, let's say you want to be a director, you're not there yet, but you shadow director on the CV scripts that I want, that I uh, make. Mm-hmm. Hey, you've got that on your CV now. 
That's what it's all about, man. That how can you how can I pad out experiences for different people? I mean, and I've had many women do it for me. Um, I've had people just let me like be a runner on their on their shows, and I'm I'm not I not above it like i am not above anything someone can call me now if it's something i want to learn about and be like hey do you want to assist produce on this show and sometimes assistant producing looks like making teas and getting lunch yeah. and i'm like yeah sure because i'm trying to learn yeah i think it's so important as well that learning isn't it's, it can carry on like just because you get to a certain point you there's yeah. still so much to learn like Mm-hmm. it's actually endless it proper is endless and i get smart because we go from like um recording the podcast or like doing a last show and it's great and it's like all about you and then the next day i'm like what would you guys like for lunch like i'm like assistant <laughs> producer sort of thing and it's like i, I really enjoy it I love honestly I really like the fact that you are able to still do so many like the different the different hats you know in front of the mic, behind the mic, making the teas, drinking the tea, delegating. You know? <laughs> hey, can you get me Wagamama's for lunch Delegate today? makes the tea. <laughs> <laughs> Literally doing it all. And I guess for you, like long term, what, what, what is it you want to be doing long term? Like where do, you, where do you see everything kind of going long term? Long term. I mean, there's exciting things. So the Receipts podcast is about in a book. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, so we've got a book coming out next year, July, and I guess that's not long term enough. Long term, <laughs> I would be very disappointed in myself. And this is mad. Um, if I don't have a TV show in the long game, if I'm looking at myself at like 60 and I did it by a TV show, I'll be very disappointed. You're going to do it, man, way before yeah, 60. I'll, I'll be, I'll 60, be, I'll you be gave very, yourself too much time, girl, about like 60. If, I'm, I'm just saying, like, if, yeah, if yeah, I yeah, yeah, dream, yeah. you're like, like, oh, wow, you probably didn't do that thing. <laughs> Like that, because that—that's been—that's been the thing for me. I've yeah. always, I will, I've always wanted to do that. So that—that's a big long term for me. And also, like making some sort of production company where everybody eats. That's what it's about, man. Everyone, there, and there's enough food where at the table for everyone. People. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. And also, like, just opportunities, man. Because honestly, if I didn't get like little side opportunities and people didn't like believe in me, myth. Honestly. Like it will be an absolute myth. So I definitely want to create that sort of space. So I get asked all the time to mentor, to mentor. And the reason why I kind of like say no is I'm like, bro, I'm scattered. I don't know. <laughs> you, you need- I will lead you down the wrong path. Don't follow me. I, don't know. I haven't got it together yet. <laughs> I'm still trying to get it together. I'm still trying I'm to figure trying. it out. Like um, that. And also there's like personal goals. Like yeah. having a family is a massive deal for me. And I want to be that person who does it all. And I don't think that doing it all looks like you do it all perfectly at the same time, but I do think I can do it all. Tolly, thank you. Honestly, I'm so glad we got to make today happen. And I know you've got a super, super, super busy schedule. And I want you to have a little bit of a break before you go into your next thing as well. So I'm just conscious of the time. But um, yeah, thank you so much for joining us in the bring Have you got any like last words you want to say to... All, all, all the, I hate saying like young people, but anyone who all kind of wants to be people. brought in, anyone who wants to be brought in, anything you want to say to them? Can you believe we're not young people anymore? Um, I think <laughs> I'm like a young person. Listen, I'm, in my head, I'm still, I'm still 21. I don't feel like I've matured since 21. <laughs> Mate, I was applying for things that was like, for young people between 18 and 24, I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, literally, I'm like, oh, I can still do that. Man, they won't know the difference. No, you're a big woman now. I think what I'll do is um, keep relationships. Keep relationships, man. I can't exaggerate how important that is. Like, there's so many people that I'm working with now that we went to uni together. Like, we, like, went to secondary school together. Like, keep relationships. And it's, because even if you're not white for something now, they'll be like, when the opportunity comes, they're like, oh, she does that. Let me call her now. Yeah. 
And like find a knack. There's a there's a skill in talking to people that making them feel like you want something from them. Like build genuine relationships. So it's not just oh boy, what are you working? What are you working on? Hey, how are you? How's your work? Like be genuine about it. Don't just like see like you just want them for something. Don't just make it obvious. Yeah, what yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because like, you probably don't at the time, but when you built something genuine, these things happen organically. Amazing. Tolly, my darling, thank you so much. Honestly, I'm so glad this got to happen. Thanks, babe. Bye. Bye. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that A, I got to chat to Tolly, and B, I finally put out this episode. It was such a long time coming, but it's done. It's out, and I really hope you enjoyed that chat. There's so many nuggets of information, so many amazing tips and tricks Tolly shared as well. Um, so it's definitely one you're going to have to listen back to as well. And also, I want to big up all the receipts, ladies. They are just so great, individually and collectively. And make sure you've got an eye out on that book from the receipts that's going to be coming out soon. I love the fact Tolly just really broke down, though, all the work that goes in behind the scenes into whatever journey you're on. So I know it can fall long sometimes, but just keep going. That's all I'm going to say today. All right, we've come to the end, though, of our first episode. And I'd love to know your thoughts on the podcast. If you've got any guest suggestions or any just bit of feedback, I would really appreciate it. Please leave us a review as well on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. And it will really, really help grow this platform as well. So that's super important. And make sure you're following us on all socials as well and signed up for our newsletter. We are literally the Bring and UK on everything. That's it from me. I've been Camilla Rose. Take care and I'll see you next time. Bye.